2000s ECW wrestling 20 years ago, and I'm joined by an extreme debutant. Out of it, how the devil are we, sir? I am not too bad at all, thank you, Mr. Lacey. Not too bad at all. Glad to be making my ECW debut. Being your breaking you in on the land of extreme, exactly. Um, so this month in the Fed, we have. No way out. And in WCW, there is Super Brawls. Um, those shows will be out at some point. Um, there is a little bit of chaos in the camp at the moment, but uh, as soon as we know what's going on, obviously, we will allow more news for you all to hear. So let's get into it. And Daniel, do you have the news headline for me? Well, yes, the, sort of the, the one big headline coming out of ECW is the injury to Rob Van Dam after uh, a leg break or ankle break in uh, his match with Rhino on, yes. a, on a house show so, mid, yeah. midway through the month. Yeah, so RVD uh, actually broke his ankle at the back end of last month. We had earlier oh, wow. reports that it was a break, but we weren't sure how bad it was or how long he would be out. We have had some more clarification this month. He has been diagnosed with a broken fibula and days later had second tests to find that he's also got a second break in the bone in his ankle as well. RVD oh, wow. has told that sur- he would need surgery to repair this and it would be repaired quicker, but RVD is worried about his mobility. At the moment it's looking like a minimum of 12 weeks before we will see the whole fucking show back on the fucking show. To make things worse, we also have two others that have potentially long-term injuries. Jerry Lynn has got an ankle injury as well, and he's expected to be out of action until at least April. And Spike Dudley after last month in his promo saying he never gets injured, has gone and given himself a torn posterior cruciate ligament, which the early diagnosis is could be out indefinitely. Friends of Spike have joked about the fact that saying he jinxed himself by cutting the promo at the pay-per-view saying he's never missed a match but due to injury. So there we go, we have lost... When we go through the TV, obviously, we'll say that the potential pay-per-view headline for next month was meant to be RVD, Spike, and Mike Awesome. It definitely won't be now, as we've lost two of them. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of put, put that sort of plan to, to rest for the time being. And, yeah, what what will they come up with instead? I guess... This month's TV sort of hinted at some things, but not really a lot. 
Yeah, so obviously we'll break down all the TV in a, in a few, but obviously another one that's quite a big miss is the loss of Jerry Lynn. Um, yes, he's not in the main event picture scene, and at the minute had been sort of going down the card a little bit, but still, he is one of the guys that you know that you can chuck on a TV match or a pay-per-view match, give him 15, 20 minutes, and you know you're going to get an absolute classic match out of Big loss there for for an already small team with ECW. Certainly, yeah, he's a he's a sort of a, a staple of, of if not every week TV, but at least one or two appearances a month. Plus, then yeah, every pay per view he's, he's got something going on it and something of high quality. And you'd have to think that, I mean, if they're moving RBD up to to this sort of world title feud, would there be a case of him sort of? becoming tv champion maybe that's now sort of in question and then, yeah as you say it's already a, a small roster with what with the the sort of people leaving end of last year those guys are ones who's happening at the top and then to lose them you it's a lot, lot of gaps now hope sort of filling filling not being filled really yeah so it is it is not good when Obviously, when the Fed loses someone, like when Fed lost Stone Cold at the back end of last year, there are people that can fill that void. When WCW obviously lost Goldberg and Brett, there are people to fill that void. ECW doesn't have the roster depth for, that the other two have to help carry that when these sort of things happen. No, exactly. And I think like with the WWF and Austin thing, they kind of knew months, probably months in advance, really sort of the timeline of when he was probably going to depart. So then they were able to make the moves to bring Triple H up quick, quicker, have Rock sort of more cemented in his role as they knew that Austin wasn't going to be there at some point, like in the next sort of couple of months. So from sort of August, September, you saw other people were sort of taking Austin's place ready for him to be away. Whereas these sort of out of the blue injuries to a, to a small roster just kind of sh- shakes them. And yeah, it's, it's hard for, for people to sort of step up that quickly without any preparation, especially when they haven't been in those positions before, because they've been so reliant on RVD and Jerry Dinn, et cetera, for the past sort of few months. So we will go into week one's TV where, the first week's TV was recorded before RVD's injury because ECW do tape their live events and break them up into two weeks' TV at a time. So, week one's TV starts with RVD confronting Awesome, saying that he is the foothold fucking show and will take the title. We then get an awesome promo by Raven, which you will hear now. Raven, confide in me, son. Tell me your troubles. Let it out. It's all bottled up in there. You know what my problem is? My problem is, why does Tommy think he needs Francine to plot a strategy for him and Dusty? I mean, I think Tommy just doesn't want him to talk to me. Who's closer to my problem? Oh, what the f- are you doing? Get, get, on, get out of here. Come on, get, get, get out of here. Can't you tell that this guy is disturbed? Makes him a perfect disciple. Get the f- What about you? Do you ever return my phone calls? No. 
listen to me. Your parents don't Put listen to me. Put it down. Nobody ever listened to me. Put it down. Put it down. This has to stop. This really has to stop. I've heard about this now for months. I don't sin against anybody but myself. I have been sacrificed for Tommy Dreamer's sins. I have been sacrificed for Francine's sins. Scotty, you have got to snap out of this. Snap out of it? So you got to snap out of this. If I snap out of Polly, I'm just going to snap. I'm sick to death of this, Polly. I will sin against myself nevermore. You're going down the wrong path again. You're going down the wrong path, and this time you're never going to be able to come back. I cannot if you go down this path. Have you ever helped me before? Raven there, being talked to by a mysterious figure who we'll find out more about later on. We then have a tag match between Rhino and Steve Carino and Dusty Rhodes and Tommy Dreamer. Dusty getting the win after hitting Carino with a bionic elbow and for... Someone the age of Dusty, this match was decent. We then see the Impact players coming out saying they're waiting for the rest of the tag division to make the step up. And in his final match for a while, RVD defeats Mikey Whipwreck with a five-star frog splash. Post this match, we see Mike Orson telling us that he's going to fuck up Spike and RVD, which obviously we were leading into that going for the pay-per-view so obviously one of the bigger things of this one that obviously is all down the drain straight away with the injuries the build for what could have been a wonderful triple threat match at the pay-per-view rvd awesome and spike with what we saw on this episode i was looking forward to it yep me too. It, it looked like a, a really good idea to, to have a triple threat rather than just a simple potential title for title. Where having Spike in there as, as a wild card, you'd sort of have it, I guess, probably book that RVD and Spike would probably work together to get rid of Awesome, okay, I guess, two faces versus the heel. And then that, then that sort of odd uh, Spike versus RVD confrontation you'd get afterwards would be really interesting as well. And obviously, we see the debut of the Sinister Minister, who we don't find out who he is until later in the month. But him talking to Raven in that great promo sort of basically making him realise he should embrace the demons and be evil. Yes, he, he's. I, I do like the Sinister Minister. He's, he's sort of someone quite rare now to see a, a good good talking manager that we've not had since probably early on in the, in the decade. But yeah, I think him and Raven have good chemistry and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how that sort of evolves further. As we saw, is he going to work with Raven to turn him against Tommy or who knows? But yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot to be had out of that. And I think that sort of gives Raven uh, a bit more flesh than rather than just being the returning hero that he was so when he first came back now he's got that sort of extra extra sort of fold he can bring back like will we see a return of of like the raven's nest slash the flock or something like similar with with the sinister minister involved possibly it's the thing with 
where we are as I've seen the first week of it, you just get that sort of thing of, oh, we're going to get grungy Raven back. He's going to go all evil. I'm like, yes, I can feel this. Um, and obviously the one big match of this show being the returning Dusty Rhodes in the ring for the first time in absolutely ages. Didn't do a lot, but then again, he never really has. Decent yeah, he, Dusty style match. Well, that's a, I, th- I think that's the thing with, with someone of, of Dusty's caliber. He, he doesn't have to do a lot to get a great reaction. He sort of knows how knows how to work a crowd with more than just moving. It's the the facial expressions, the looks. So it's that sort of old school mentality. You you can you can get you can give them a lot without giving a lot of your body. And it's just yeah, I I thought it's a really good. Good, good showing from him. Like you say, Dreamer wasn't carrying it as thought it might have to be, but no, it was very much all even in terms of those four. And to sort of touch on the point that you, you guys made last month, doesn't Steve Queen look great with a crimson mask? Yeah, it, that blonde hair—it just accentuates it so much. It's the—it's just—he's got that thing that Flair has that. When he's bleeding, because it gets in the hair and goes everywhere, and he is so he, for a, a tanned guy, he has quite pale complexion still. Mm, certainly, it it sort of vibrates more on him that he is obviously covered in blood. Where obviously, if you look at someone like a Hogan as a, as an example, because he's so tanned and so red anyway, mm. it's not as noticeable. But with someone like Carino, same with Flair, because they're not as bronzed and the blonde hair just just makes it pop and just when using blood properly moments like that yeah that is my that is my one fear that now we've seen it we'll we'll see it constantly it will be a case of every Steve Carino match equals blade job not sure I want to see that but yeah when there's a time and a place big feud big reason then yeah it looks so it looks so graphic and but in a positive way i just wanted to see it overdone though see i i the one spot of carino's repertoire that i do want to see overdone is him getting the steel chair popping it down and sitting in a headlock <laughs> yes that's always been fun because <laughs> that that is one of my favorite moments of a carino um so we will go into week two's tv where cyrus tells us that rvd has broken his leg and will make Spike defend the TV title because the network needs the TV title to be on TV against both of the Dups. Spike wins this in seconds with a double acid drop. We then see the Baldies and New Jack, or New Jack and Balls, call out the Baldies even, where we were told that we were going to get a tag match out of this, but we don't see that for any part of the month. We then get Tommy versus Mikey, Tommy wins with a DDT. Mikey has the Sinister Minister out with him. Raven gets powdered in the eyes during this match and DDT's Francine by mistake. And during the match, Tommy and Raven brawl. We then have a match between Raven and Justin Credible. Before this, we do see Tommy looking for Francine and Francine being told that she's gone to the hospital. Lance and Jason beat down Raven at the end of the match, hitting a spiked That's Incredible onto a chair. 
obviously Tommy not there to come and help because he's gone to see Francine. Post-match, we see Heyman and Dusty out there trying to help Raven. And at this point, Cyrus comes out, shoots on Dusty like a dick, which you will hear all of that now. Welcome back to ECW on TNN. You can see Paul Heyman's in the ring, shooing that guy, that clown out of the ring. Dusty Rhodes tending to Raven as well. He has seen more than his share of injuries. Here's what happened before the break. A stuffed pile driver. That's incredible, along with Lance Storm driving Raven. Hey, what is Cyrus doing in the ring? Got a man down. Look, Dusty, Dusty, you were network, you were office, you and I are just alike. Would you please tell this moron that we need to get the goddamn wrestler out of the ring? This isn't about the wrestler. This is about the network, for Christ's sake. We got the... Let me tell you something, and you listen up, it ain't about the network, it's about the boys, it's not about the goddamn network. Now, with all due respect, Dusty, please do not kayfabe me, this about the boys, alright? You know as well as I do that it is about the network. Dusty, I'm in on the gimmick. I'm office. I am network. That sucking sound you hear is money flowing out of the network. Ratings are dropping. Channels are changing. This is a ratings disaster. We got Roller Jam coming up. We need the boys. Let me lay this on you. I don't have to stand out here and listen to your ass talk about the network. It's not about the network. It's not about high ratings. It's about the boys that put their ass on the line each and every night while guys like you have a job. Yeah, and let, and let me, let me, since I'm here, I'm gonna go ahead and lay this all out. I don't, let me, you just wait, hey, tell the people in the network to call my ass if they want to talk to me about this time. I came to ECW for one reason, to see Paulie, and got drawn in to a situation. I got drawn in as an old man to a situation. I got my ass kicked by the young Turks, if you will, of ECW. You know why? Because it's about the boys. It's all about the boys. Them boys back there, they are not a bunch of nobodies. They're a bunch of somebodies that pays your bills. They pay your bills. Everybody's thinking about it. 
them young lines are after one thing back there, and that's Mikey Awesome's World's Heavyweight Talent. I'm not here to win no World's Heavyweight Talent. I'm here because for 30 years, these people gave a what I did. They gave a They cared what I did. They cared what I was talking about. Dusty has a go back. Carino comes down and Carino, Victory and Rhino beat down Dreamer as we go off the air. So another week of uh, TV. More Sinister Minister. The tension begins between Raven and Tommy and Cyrus being a dick. (laughs) Yeah, I, I enjoyed the how there's going to there's attention. It wasn't just the case of sinister minister getting in Raven's ear or something like that. With the with the powder spot and the sort of accidental a- attack, and then sort of Tommy not realizing it's accidental, sort of sowing the seeds, but not in a sort of telegraph way with having the sinister minister like cost Tommy or try and be the divider. It's a little bit different. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those with this sort of thing. It is. It would be so easy to just sort of go, "Oh, look, Tommy can't trust Raven. Raven can't trust Tommy." Ra ra ra. The way that they've done it is is a bit more subtle. With you know, it was a mistake, but was it? You've you've got that sort of 
that little niggle in the back of your mind because obviously after what Sinister Minister was doing last week, we're talking to him and how he was talking to him, you know, the fact that he, he accidentally, on, or did he do it on purpose, was, you know, did he know that he was doing it? Uh, especially after the last few months where obviously Raven has made a big point of being the one saving and being the gentleman for it to then be, ooh, is something going on? I it's subtle nuances in storytelling, which the big two could take a lesson from of how to do something with that old school subtleness that makes you just go, hmm. Yeah, it certainly makes you ask a question rather than being able to call it from weeks out. Like, as you say, with the big two, you can sort of, oh, I know where this is going. And then lo and behold, come to the pay-per-view this is this is sort of making us sort of think. Oh, hang on, who actually is the face in this? Because Tommy was sort of pretty heelish after after that, and it makes sort of question. But yeah, Tommy's kind of in the wrong here, and even Raven with the Sinister Minister, they can't. They're not really doing anything wrong yet. This thing, if you if you look for the last couple of months, the one person that's been taking most of the punishment has been Raven. Raven was the one that was handcuffed to the entrance and caned. Tommy didn't come to save him. Raven's been the good guy in saving Francine from when she nearly got caned in the head at the pay-per-view. Yeah. And he took the lashings there. There's been lots of little subtleties where Raven has been good guy Raven and Tommy's not been an out-and-out dick. But He's not, you know, being this this bastion of, of good guy that you would think that he would present himself as. Yeah, it's definitely a different Tommy than we've had previously. So, yeah, it's, it's really good, subtle storytelling, um, which continues during the month. Um, obviously, this is the first point where we get true dick Cyrus, the network. What were you? What did you think when he came out and said, "Oh, Spike's going to defend the TV title because it's a TV title. It's got to be on TV." I guess sort of as with some good heels, there's always a logic to their to their behaviour, even if you don't agree with it. So I get, I kind of do get the point that the TV title must be defended on TV, and if it's not going to be RVD, then it might as well be RVD's best friend. Not sure. I'm glad to, we'll talk about it in the next next week's sort of show, but the the Ducks, I'm not sure why they're involved, but sure. Um, but yeah, I I kind of don't get him being. It wasn't sort of that dickish to start with. The more dickish part was was him towards Raven and the get him out of my ring, get him out of the the ring type stuff. And his work with Carino, he seems to be more more sort of dickish with. And I guess. The idea is the network are going to pick the champion because it's their TV show, so that it should be their champion, not ECW's, which we'll see evolve over the next couple of shows this month. Yeah, so you know, I, I like the Dusty bit where obviously Dusty sort of goes full. You have to look after the boys. Yes, it's all about the boys. I think some of that wasn't aimed at Cyrus and the network here. I no. think some of that may have a little bit of. Uh, TNT bias on it. 
and uh, how he was treated in WCW. But it's a valid point that, you know, works from both sides. Going in to week freeze TV, Cyrus tells us that he will be stripping RVD of the TV title because of his injury. We then get a tag team match between Roadkill and Doring and Nova and Che. Doring pins Che after a double arm DDT. Post match, the Impact players come out and beat down everyone. We get an awesome match between C.W. Anderson and Super Crazy, where Super Crazy wins with a moonsault through a table, which he nearly fucking kills himself on. <laughs> and then we get Big Hoss Wrestling. World title match between Mike Awesome and Masahito Tanaka. This is just as good as all of their other matches, where they literally batter the shit out of each other. Awesome getting the win with a vicious top rope sit out, sit out super bomb through a table. So, first things first, we will talk about the uh, super crazy and CW answer match. How good was that? And can we please not have someone trying to do those sort of moonsaults through tables? that close to yes that was that was a bit scary towards that last little bit but no as you say very very good really like cw anderson he's got that probably sort of ecw technical style down it's not i think a lot of people still think ecw is just chair shots and nothing much else but lest we forget we've had plenty of great technical wrestlers throughout uh ecw and cw anderson sort of the next sort of the new the new one on the block and he's certainly Doing, doing well, and then yeah, always good to see Super Crazy, especially getting someone different for a change. And yeah, really liked it. Wouldn't mind seeing them have another go. Uh, it's the thing with CW. He isn't just an Anderson in name. He embodies Arn so well. Yes, he he's got the spinebuster down. You know, I I get what they're doing with. Louis dangerously and having dangerous alliance mark two. I'm hoping that you know that's just a, a start point for a while for CW and we get like CW out on his own. But he he is so good and as you say, ECW has a history of good in ring workers: Jericho, Benoit, Guerrero, Mysterio. All have made their marks and their big first breaks in the US in ECW. You know, we know that there is a lot of true wrestling in there. You know, it's the one thing with ECW is there is a lot of emphasis on in-ring wrestling and it's good to have another proponent of that now getting a lot more TV time and showing how good he is. Certainly. And it's good that he's a heel as well, because a lot of the technical wrestlers you mentioned sort of, were seen as a, a, a tweeners or, or baby faces. Kind of, well, the crowd kind of made them baby faces because of how much they like their in-ring style. But I think it's good to keep TW as as the heel. It's good to have like a, a good technical heel who can like maybe like ground cruiserweights like, like uh, Super Crazy. And then sort of possibly work 
up the card with with to other other babyfaces. Unfortunately, not RVD at the time time being, but it would be good to see him go up and down the card. Really, yeah, it's, it's one of those you you would definitely get a decent match between him and RVD because he would be a good solid base for all of RVD's high end stuff. Mm. But also, you could see him snapping RVD in one of those vicious Anderson style spine busters. And you know RVD would sell it so well. He bounce. <laughs> yeah, he does have a power driver, but somehow he managed to bounce out of, a, out of doing a back bump from a spine buster. And obviously, the main event of the show was the uh, title match. I don't know if you've seen much of the awesome Tanaka history of feud, but this is up there with their usual level of absolutely battering the shit out of each other. Yeah, I, I saw uh, their match at Heatwave uh, was nearly 18 months ago, mm. and then I think of, then I saw them with Taz, uh, Anakin Rules, but not much else. And it was a part of me going to go, oh, it's only it's a TV match, so I'm not sure how much we can get out of a, t- a TV match from these two, well, time-wise. But they didn't, it didn't matter how much time you give them, they just accelerated through any 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 sort of spots but yeah it was it was great though it's still great any and, sort of fears i had about it being sort of curtailed or anything like that were quickly quickly gone and yet the finish of the sit out super bomb off the top through a table just insane the how he goes i know what i'll do i will jump backwards in a set out power bomb from this hot rope and manage to hit that perfectly to go through the table i do not know but I don't know if I'd want to be taking those those bumps, but he does them so fucking well. Yeah. Tanaka's got those scars for a reason, I guess. He's so, took them before and he'll take them again. Yeah, as I say, in, the, uh, in FMW, he takes a licking and you can see how that's uh, scarred him up for doing so. So we go into the final week's TV. And we open the show with the network's representative, Cyrus, telling us that he's the network have said that they will give the title to Rhino and wants Heyman to be the one that brings out the belt. Heyman does bring out the belt, smashes Cyrus in the face with it until Rhino gores him. And then we hear the dulcet tones of Metallica for the save by Sandman. And you can hear all of that now. We are coming on the air one minute early. We apologize to anyone who sent their VCRs, but Cyrus is in the ring. He represents TNN. All hell is breaking loose here tonight. Shelf for 12 weeks. 
Muffet Show breaks his effing leg, we find ourselves with no effing show. So I have made an executive network decision, and tonight, tonight, the network has decided that I will appoint a new ECW World Television Champion. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you're watching a little bit of history because tonight is the night that the network and myself will hand the ECW television title to Rhino. You can't do that. What, what you kind of what, precedent Philip? does that Why set? Why are you booing? When you really come to think of it, it's only fair. He was the last man in the ring with Rob Van Dam. He's been destroying people left and right, and ratings are through the roof for Rhino. So tonight, and this is the part that I'm really going to like, tonight... I'm going to have the ECW television title brought out so I can hand it to Rhino. And here's the part that's really going to catch up. This is the best. The man who will bring me the title. Let's see, who could it be? Well, 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 Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman? Relationship. For once in your miserable six and a half years, it's about as to explode right here, right of now. ECW, do something useful. Bring me the ECW TV title so the network can put it on Rhino. And Paul, bring me a coffee while you're at it. Bring me a coffee. Bring me a coffee. Cyrus wants ECW owner and executive producer Paul Heyman to bring him a coffee. I know you're Let's overlook the personal insult. He also wants Paul to bring out the ECW World Television title. And bring it. That's right. Here comes the ball. This is war. War, I tell you. War tonight on TNA. Come on, Paul. 
Listen, enough jacking around. I want that gold belt. Come on, Paul. Can you imagine belt, Cyrus wants Paul Heyman oh, to turn over the it. world television like title to the network to TNN? This will it. change ECW forever. Like forever. You're going to like it, and I'm going to love it. Come on, Paul. Give it to me. Give it to me, Paul. Give it to me, Paul. Give it to me, Paul. I want it. Give it to me. Give it to me, you son of a bitch. Give it to me. I want it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Paulie and Dick Cyrus. Rhino guards the ball. So we get a match between Rhino and Sandman. Rhino wins. Well, sort of wins. It sort of goes in a no contest, really. When Tajiri comes out and mists Sandman, and Rhino goes in through a table. Super Crazy comes out to even up the odds. We then get a loser leaves town match between Broadkill and Doring in the Dups. Broadkill and Doring hit the buggy bed and get the win. We then get an interesting take from Tommy Dreamer, saying that he's going to uh, have a tag team title match and have a member of the crowd be his partner. That is until Francine tells him, no, Raven's your partner, which you can hear that now. questions. Is this WCW's country? Is this WWF country? So by the reaction, this must be Let's finish it right here and now in Milwaukee. Raven, get your ass out of here! That's not Raven's music. And that's not Raven. Although she's as close to Raven, perhaps, as you can get. I guess there's no implication in that sentence either. I wonder if she's got any implications. Or Yeah. 
to protect me. And that's nice and all, but I did see the tape. Raven didn't DDT me on purpose. It was an accident.
to be my partner. Go ahead, Joey. Earth, buddy. So you guys look like a couple of because you ain't tough enough to fight anyone from Milwaukee. So we get an impromptu tag team title match between Raven and Tommy and the Impact players. During the match, Sinister Minister comes out and gives Raven powder and it accidentally hits Tommy in the face. And whilst he's temporarily blinded, he DDTs Francine. Raven leaves with the injured Francine, leaving the Impact players to hit a spike that's incredible on Tommy for the win. And at the end of the show, we get to hear Sinister Minister tell us about the fury in Tommy's eyes. Now far be it from me to stir the pot. But there's a situation here I'd like to dive into. Now, when Raven DDT'd Francine, he had powder in his eyes. Dreamer DDT'd Francine. He had fire in his eyes. Things are starting to get very, very deep. So, going into that final week's TV, obviously there's a lot to that happened in this last one. Um, the network's choice of Rhino as TV champion, I think that works perfectly. Give it to Rhino. Yes, Rhino was the guy that was in the ring with RVD uh, when RVD broke his leg, so linearly it makes sense. But also, there's so much upside in Rhino. I, if if RBD comes back and is going to go into the world title mix, having Rhino as the TV champion is is the way forward. I think. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Initially, when um, Sarah said they were going to sort of network, going to pick a champion, I was thinking probably Carino seems he's like the the closest one to Cyrus. But no, as you say, the, the the lineal progression from RBD to Rhino has been yeah, Rhino was the one who quote unquote injured RBD makes even more sense and yeah if RBD is going to come back and go move up to the world title have Rhino as your sort of unstoppable 
place in the mid card that you can't even get close to a world title shot because you can't beat the champion below that. Perfect. And then probably not to say that we're going to see another two year reign from Rhino, but wouldn't surprise me a bit. It's a long one. It's the thing with Rhino. I think he has, he has got the potential that he can be a world champion. Yes. He, he has got that level of upside, but he is six, six months in. I mean, giving him a year run at the most with the TV title, putting him in with everyone. And, you know, some people have a long match. Other people just have him fucking steamroll. I mean, is is perfect booking to, A, give him much more screen time and much more ring time and get him ready for that step up, which is inevitable. Yeah, no, certainly. I, I think I think it's a it's a good platform to build him on, and yeah, there's there's plenty of of good people for him to face, such as I mean, like super crazy making the save. As you said, that would be that would be a good match. Um, Sandman, that, that seems to be a good one. Like having Sandman as sort of the as like the veteran. Like you have say network want to crown Rhino the champion, but then. Paul says, "Well, you got to face someone who's worthy, and then yeah, who who better than someone like Sandman, who's been around forever, to say that prove yourself. If you're a champion, you have to prove yourself against the best, and here's one of the, here's one of our sort of mainstays. That'd be he, a good way to have our first sort of feud, really. So he is a staple and sort of one of those one of those guys like Raven, like Tommy." Is is when you sort of go, uh, ECW. He's one of the sort of guys that you do think of in that, and I think, you know, he would be the type of guy that you could do a 10, 15 minute match with, and put Rhino over massively. And in the eyes of some of the the proper hardcore ECW guys, you know, the ones that uh, have their same seats at the arena every week, mm. would put them over, put him over with them guys as well. Obviously, the other major talking point of, of this week's TV isn't the Dups going and being gone on our TVs <laughs> after all of two months of being there. Oh, Thank no, fuck for that. Shame. They were fucking shit. <laughs> it was the continuous problems in Camp Raven and Tommy. Um so obviously this will also go into one of our main discussions of, of sort of the month as a whole. Um, but obviously coming out of this week's show, obviously Tommy being bad guy and, you know, mistakenly DDTing Francine. How do you feel that that one also went down? It was Raven being good guy, white knight, taking her to the back. Well, yeah, that's kind of as as we said earlier. Isn't the case of like the sinister ministers instantly turned Raven heel, and then Tommy's the hero that he's always been. This is not another, yet another wrinkle to say, well, it could easily happen to to you, Tommy, as well as it's happened to Raven, and and yeah, that will just sort of look forward to the to how it progresses going forward to see how they do this because yeah, we had Francine come out and say to remind Tommy no, that it was an accident 
you should still sort of team up with with Raven. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of this. Like I say it hasn't gone the obvious route that we could have predicted. It it may have gone it having now the roles reversed really. Now Tommy sort of will have to sort of possibly explain his actions in the next week or so. And now will will Francine easily say that was another accident or will there be something that the sinister minister does that sort of stirs that pot and suggests that maybe Tommy meant to do it because Francine was sticking up for Raven. Who knows? Yeah, it, it's one of those of very much looking forward to seeing one sort of carries on because it's like when you get Sinister Minister's little uh, closing remark at the end of the show where it's like when when Raven did it, he had powder in his eyes. When Tommy did it, he has fire in his eyes. And it's just mm. like, yeah, Tommy has been for the last sort of month or so or two months quite the dick. Is he, you know, is he about to turn? Is is that seed there that, you know, proverbial baby face Tommy Dreamer, you know, the heart and soul of ECW, is he finally, you know, going to turn heel and are we going to get some weird quasi face version of Raven but using the sinister minister as the voice of reason it it does give you a lot to sort of think about going into that because I said it's not as black and white as you'd normally think these things would be as such such a shade of grey and such a sort of nuance to it that it's really, really good storytelling. Yes, certainly. And I think someone like Sinister Minister, Tommy and Raven are all really good talkers. They can all get their point across in very different ways and just even the way they say things, not just what they're saying, but the way they say things can make you sort of think one thing's going to happen then it'll turn and be the other thing so yeah, i think there's a lot to be had going forward and yeah looking forward to seeing the next set of promos and even more so than anything in ring really just seeing how how they play out and what's being said it it's one of those of it does it it is enough of a of a little bit of a bait on a line there to sort of just keep me wanting to know what is going to go on and what is going to happen so one of the other big things of this month is obviously the larger role of the network obviously most weeks up till this month yes we've had cyrus come out being the representative of the network but it's just been to lambast joel gertner for being joel gertner and his usual level of rudeness whereas now we've got them openly you know, making decisions on who should be a champion. You've got the calling out Dusty to sort of don't worry about the boys, we don't care about the workers. It's all about TV ratings. And have we had enough of uh, this type of evil overlord booker slash network you know owner type thing or 
do ECW need that going forward as, you know, no one's ever going to buy Paul E as the evil overlord of the company because everyone knows Paul E. Mm. Is it going to the well with what is done everywhere or how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I suppose you could argue it's a it's a, another sort of take on Mr. McMahon and another take on Bischoff, I guess. But so I I have sort of faith that it will be different enough. And so as we said, with, like with the Raven and Tommy stuff, that it's a new take, it's a new different sort of nuance on on how they do it, and maybe sort of being so much sort of blunt and upfront with that this is for network ratings, this is for this. Um, Vince in the WWF doesn't really sort of put it that way, but I think having the Cyrus and there, sort of being this sort of blatant with it, and almost sort of this almost kind of shoot sort of style with it, just saying this is why we're doing this, this is what we want because we're doing this for money. It definitely, it's a sort of a a harsher sort of take on it, and it could go even further. What I sort of don't want to see is from this is a massive sort of network sort of faction. So, so it's like ECW versus the network like WCW versus NWO that I think won't won't work and I don't think that will go down well but just to have like some of like one or two network favorites like Rhino like Carino and such works well I think to have a a little sort of almost like a a Weasley type of faction of suck-ups to to Cyrus to try and get better spots and stuff so it looks good yeah because obviously the there are parts of it that I can tell are Paul probably having a dig at the at TNN because yes. you know the whole only fifty eight minutes till Roller Jam. <laughs> I must and, admit, I do like the Cyrus's emphasis on the Roller Jam pro, uh, plugging. It's it's kind of funny to be fair because obviously we do know that the uh, deal that they've got, even though they are getting the biggest ratings on that network. They're not promoting it. They're not putting anything into it. You know, they are using their highest rated program as a lead in to Roller Jam and, you know, the whole thing of it being the frill zone with the bowling championship and stuff on there as well. You can tell there are bits of it that are clearly tongue in cheek as they sort of fuck you. Yes. <laughs> to to the network itself, so I, I do think that you're not going to get a NWO or corporation style faction from it. I think it's going to be used as Cyrus being Cyrus, maybe having some people that he looks favourably on, like Carino and Rhino and things like that, but. It's it's one of those of it could get old quite quickly, depending on how they do it. True. If the if the if the jokes stay the same and and it's always going to be sort of the the roller jam and uh, this is what the network wants, then then yeah, I, I could see it sort of grating quite quickly. But I think there's enough. I think they've got enough there that they can definitely make it sort of last. A while 
and keep it sort of fresh and stuff. There's, there's definitely different ways they can take it. They're then actually sort of not going the the Bischoff or McMahon route. They are definitely doing enough things differently that it's not something we've seen before. Yeah, it's definitely got got a bit more about it that we can that could be done with it. And the last talking point for this month is the injury crisis and what that means going forward. Obviously, the big one being the loss of RVD, who we all know is, you know, my boy, I fucking love RVD. <laughs> and it pains me to know that the minimum is three months without RVD. But with that type of leg break, the fact that it's a leg broken in two places, we've seen it in football. That's a that can be a career killer. True, for it to only be twelve weeks is an odd thing to say, but it's a it's almost a positive sign to say. Well, if it's only if it's only twelve weeks, then that's a, that's something good. At least it's not a like I say a career ender or a possible year out or something like that. For it to only be twelve weeks is is sort of a, a a small sort of silver lining, really. Say, hey, well, yes, it's going to be a a tough sort of couple of months without him, but knowing he's coming back sooner rather than later is actually a good thing. And I suppose, in a way, this is a little bit of a blessing because it means that you can get the title away from. So we were talking, me and Yoli was obviously talking about it last month of how do you book it if you are going to put the world strap on him to get the TV belt off him. So, you know, this injury is obviously the perfect way for him to not have the belt anymore. And when he comes back, does he go straight in and straight after the one belt that he's not had, the world heavyweight title? Very true. Yeah, I suppose you could sort of argue, does he try and reclaim the belt he never lost? That's, That's always one story you could go with but um but i think the place he's at i think everyone wants to see him in that world title picture so maybe maybe he does try to win the tv title back but for whatever reason doesn't win it then after that gets that out of his system i suppose then moves straight back to where he was heading in the first place because it's the thing um, with with rbd obviously since the time rbd's had the tv title for the majority of that period, the TV title has been seen as the most important belt. It's the one that always gets defended at pay-per-views. It is the one that has the better matches. And, you know, he has raised that title to a level where it is probably more important than the world title has been. Obviously, if he does that with the world title... I think it then brings back the level of prestige that the belt has had to then, you know, make it actually mean something. Certainly. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's more of harsh to say that the world title's lost sort of any, any luster and stuff, but no, having RVD as your champion as like the, the face of the of the company which he kind of already is but then to be the world champion as well would sort of elevate everything i think 
And obviously, other injuries that we've had this month, obviously Spike, where, obviously, as we said, in the first week's TV, we were clearly going towards living dangerously, having a title match of Awesome versus Spike versus RVD. Um, so the, the injury with Spike is potentially career-ending. Obviously, with Spike, he... The bumps that that guy takes, I am surprised that nothing has come before now. But I think that would it would be harsh for him if that is him done. Very much so. I, th- I think I think Spike sort of deserves a lot more. I think he, from what he's given to ECW over the past couple of years, for him not to have some sort of accolades titles or, or anything or even total shots really is 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 a shame really so yeah i i hope that that's not the case that he's he's gone and then he's also back sooner rather than later because even if it's a case that him and awesome have a feud without the title i think that would still be good again it's worth revisiting i think that was that worked well yeah it's one of those the thing with spike if you look at him when he's been in there with especially with awesome like last month at the pay-per-view or even if you go back a couple of years when it was he run Dudley against the rest of the Dudley boys, the amount that he gives of himself to take those sort of bumps and that sort of level of damage and yet has this underdog spirit, it's it's one of those of... I think with Spike, you, you don't notice what he does until you now know that it's now going to be gone. Yeah, yeah. We we did all whinge when they were bringing in Viscera slash Mabel and killing him in two seconds. And when they brought in One Man Gang and they brought in PN News and they brought in all these big guys just for him to literally nutshot Dudley Dot or Acid Drop and done. But. It's not those matches that he's going to be remembered for. It is the stuff with Awesome, with the Dudley Boys, you know, when it was him and New Jack, and he came out dressed up in full New Jack garb. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what obviously. Hopefully, he will be back, and you know, it's not a end of his career. But yeah, it's one of those if you don't realize how much Spike does until. You go, oh, actually, we're not going to have him. He'll certainly be a miss from pay-per-views because, again, with, like with some, some others, always good to have a have a, an impromptu Spike Dudley match. Like him coming out, making the save, and then he sort of, yeah, giant kills everyone. A little, for a pop midway through a card, it's always, always good to see. But, yeah, it'd be a shame to not have that for, for the next few months or so. So that will come to an end for this month's show. Daniel, have you got anything that you would like to promote, pimp or plug? No, 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 nothing from me. I mean, I am on on the socials uh, uh, at DSD two four seven. But aside from that, that's all. For, that's all from me. Been enjoyable to to go, to go extreme for this month. Hope I can come back at some point down down the line. 
Yes, I will definitely, you know, have your back on. You can, you know, once you've had one bite of the extreme apple, you know you want more. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Obviously, for Fed and WCW, they will be covering the No Way Out pay-per-view and Super Brawl. Next month, we have Living Dangerously. So it is a pay-per-view month next month, and it will probably be me and Yully again. So expect lots and lots of swearing. (laughs) because <laughs> that's what we do. Um, obviously, follow the show on Facebook. Just search Wrestling 20 Years Ago on Twitter at Wrestling20YRS. Uh, Patreon, give us a buck. It would be wonderful. It keeps the lights on and means that, you know, it can pay for the hosting. Um, if you want, and be lovely, Go on iTunes, give us a nice little review, some five stars. And, because I always forget to say this, we're on uh, Spotify. So if you don't use iTunes, you can listen to the whole back catalogue from Day Dot, all on Spotify. So, once again, thank you very much, Daniel, for joining us. And until next month, goodbye. Bye.